0: off the groove with
1: scotty dubler friday november 5th 2021 episode number 206 they keep getting bigger carter they just keep getting bigger that's what she said what (laughs) what's up man uh not much i'm just sitting here rocking my motorcycle team t-shirt and hat matching t-shirt and hat that i picked up at the charlotte motor speedway dirt track thing event flat track race yeah do you know where i got this from yeah super dave kilkenny super dave kilkenny every time we say his name now i have to do with echo because it's just so much better (laughs) don't you think you say it say it super dave kilkenny now that's that's awesome because you're the voice of flat track but like super dave
2: kilkenny did you know that he doesn't really care for being called
1: dirty dave I didn't even know Dirty Dave was a thing. I think he mentioned that's it once like, or twice. Super Dave is better anyways.
2: I, I switched that when I did that uh, TT race up there uh,
1: in Wisconsin a few months back. I said, you know what, you what, I'm gonna what I'm going to do? I'm going to buy a cape. And I'm going to bring him a cape when I get you a flight." Put an out S on Friday. it? Yeah. Or a D. SD. Super Dave. Scooby-Doo? Oh, yeah. Scotty Doobler? Scotty Doobler. Oh, <laughs> shit. Uh-huh okay
2: sorry i don't need no cape i don't need no cape you we just got sidetracked we got sideways dude talk about a detour
1: rabbit hole <laughs> um it, all because of your shirt and hat dude it, it's a good talking point dude i walked into a, a business today with this and they were like oh you race motorcycles?" i was like nope um, <laughs> nope Super but I, fan. I did and we're not gonna get off in a tangent here but i got to admit <laughs> dude i've been riding two wheels a lot lately um, yeah. and I can say this cause Devin isn't here right now. She's not in the other room. I was, couldn't talk about it on the other podcast when we recorded last night cause she was in the other room and uh-huh. she says that she doesn't listen to these episodes. This is a true test because <laughs> I fixed the battery on that bad boy on the Vespa uh-huh. and I yeah. have been riding the shit out of that thing for the past 48 hours. I've so, found wait. a reason for anything and I'm like, I got to go to the store. Whee! two wheels, dude. I love it. Uh-huh so when you get in the motorcycle i don't know i've already talked to uh apparently Bree's selling a sunday motor anybody that's looking mm-hmm. in them in the, so i reached out to her i was like is this real she's like 100 percent real never rode it i was like oh let's I um, know. so i want it i want is it, it i bet it's a badass one. one too uh it looks like it either that I What i do with it though down to three bikes three bikes well sunday motor because i've always mm-hmm. loved the way they look there um those <laughs> the indian e-bike that's too small I could soup that shit up and make it an awesome. Um, <laughs> and it's perfect for what I, what I need. It might be four bikes. Three bike. Uh, bike number three is the XR100 Honda. Or it's like the perfect okay. little first bike. All you need to do is put gas in it, and that sounds like the perfect bike for me. Right. Yeah, a four-stroke would be better than a two-stroke. Or like a little boonie bike or like something, right. like a little Grom or something. Like, I don't know. Okay well then you gotta learn how to use the clutch you tell me put, on, right. a, put on a helmet the helmet i gotta yes. get yeah i gotta get used to that because i'm literally just going around the neighborhood but you said that shit happens like the first f- five miles from your house right
2: within the first five miles of your house is when your your accidents will happen all
1: right enough detours anyway this okay. this week's all episode right. there's there's like no theme to this week but we are kind of on a pattern touring oh. wisconsin here right
2: a little a little bit and there's an event coming up december the 3rd up there in milwaukee so we thought we'd have uh, this gentleman on who actually got flat out friday started yeah it wasn't the starter of mama tried but when those two got together and came up with the idea and it's uh it's it's a cool event i i've been there a couple times i actually announced it for harley Davidson when they were streaming to like i think 72 countries or something like that got to watch it and it was crazy and it's wild and uh I, I think we should talk to Jeremy about how it got started, why, what's different about his event, and uh, uh, so much more. So I'm excited for this one. I hope people get to really, really find out more about Flat Out Friday.
1: Yeah, super cool, dude. I don't I don't really, we talked to him a little bit when we were up at Dairyland. I don't know a ton about him. Um, so I'm really looking forward to this because I heard a lot of amazing things about him from a lot of different people that I respect in the industry. So, um, And I hear he's a, an awesome dude and a really cool, unique uh, race promoter. So looking forward to this one, man. Let's get into it. Yeah, let's do it.
2: Hello, this is Jeremy.
1: Jeremy, Scotty
2: Dubler, how are you?
0: I'm good. I'm good. It's great to hear your voice.
2: It's good to hear your voice, man. It's been way too long. I was trying to think before we called you uh, when the last time I saw you was, and obviously it had to be at a racetrack, but it might have been up in Wisconsin at maybe the Dairyland or the High Voltage race. I'm was, not sure.
0: Yeah, it was the Dairyland Classic for sure. I remember. All right, all right.
2: How you been doing? How was your summer?
0: Uh, you know how you've been doing is like has a new meaning in these, you know, in this time. Is that is that fair to say?
2: Absolutely. Like, it, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, it's like now you have to think about: well, have I been wearing a mask? Am I surviving COVID? Uh, what's different? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's it's a very broad, different question nowadays. So uh, I guess how have you gotten through COVID? Are you doing well up there?
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm doing okay. I mean, uh, I think getting back to work and working on this next event has been a great uh, breakthrough uh, mentally for me.
2: Well good. I you still have a real job too. You're just not a promoter. You you still have a real real job, right? <laughs> Does anybody promote
0: for real? Like, is there a real job?
2: <laughs> I don't know. I think it's like a side gig. Like, like, you don't have something else to do on that particular weekend, which is more than just a weekend. It's probably like six months leading up to it. But, uh, you sure, know, sure. Uh, 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 I, I think, yeah. So I don't know that the promoter is a real job. I think everybody else has a real job to support their promoter job. <laughs>
0: When you say it, I mean, even even calling it a job is generous. It's more of a hobby. I'm, I'm yeah. a promoter by hobby.
2: Okay, I got you. I got you. <laughs> but, so maybe it's just like no, a I, habit, like like you get addicted to something, you have to keep doing it. It's a habit. That's what it is. Yes, it's a there, habit. There you uh, go. There you
0: go. But, yeah, so I, I am. I'm, I'm a high school teacher in the city of Milwaukee for uh, maybe 23 years. I'm a, I'm a high
2: school teacher. Oh, my gosh. I knew. I I had that in my notes that you're a school teacher. What do you teach?
0: mm mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So I teach, currently I teach students how to work. So I take students with uh, some level of a disability and I uh, make connections in the community and I'm kind of their job coach. And I I drive around the city uh, checking on Jimmy and Susie and uh, making sure there's a a bridge between their employer and, uh, you know, and them. And I I try to bridge the gap with their disability.
2: How in the world did you find that job? Because it sounds like it's perfect for you. (laughs)
0: You know, I, I appreciate that. Uh, I I do have a master's in behavior management, and you know that's if anybody questions my uh, you know my authenticity or how could I be qualified to be a flat track promoter, that's what it comes down to uh, being having a degree in behavior management because there's a there's a lot of undiagnosed people in uh, in our community. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That is for sure. I've never I've never heard it brought to my attention like that. Um, I, I love the way you do things at the races. But before we get to Flat Out Friday, let's get to know you a little bit more, and then we're going to talk all about your events. So uh, I, I, I've assumed and, and understand that you're from up there near Milwaukee. Is that right?
0: Well, yeah. I was not born, but raised in Milwaukee.
2: Okay. Uh, and as soon as I,
0: and I went to school for a little bit, came back, and I bought a house right out of college. Um, in a neighborhood that you would probably roll your windows up if you came to, and uh now it's booming
2: and um my family's very happy there that's amazing i love it I love that the way you describe that so how how did you get into motorcycles well so i, I
0: originally was into stock car racing uh for maybe six, seven years. I was racing at uh a low level street stock they called it here mm-hmm. and uh and I loved it and and then i had i got married and had a kid. And actually, by the way, what cured my addiction, strangely enough, was winning a feature, as they called it. That's the language in stock car racing. Mm -hmm. I won a feature, and it just kind of killed my my buzz for it, that I almost felt like I had conquered it, and I didn't have the money to move up to a modified or something else. So I kind of naturally walked away on top, if you will, with a one feature win. (laughs) (laughs) One and done. That's right. That's right. And so I kind of put that bug away, and, and I was a father and I introduced my kids to karate and hockey and piano. And, you know, everything was meh. And, but I remember Dave Kilkenny. You know Dave Kilkenny. My,
2: sure do. My brother sure do. from another
0: mother mother up here in Milwaukee. <laughs>
2: yep.
0: He, he showed up with a one of those uh, knockoff 50, 50s, you know, the 50cc four strokes. He yeah. showed up with it at my house on my son's day, first day of kindergarten, I remember. And uh, we showed him how to ride it, and there, just immediately there was the passion, you know, in your in your kid. And you, you know, you're you're a father, right? And that's what you're constantly trying to give your kids something they're passionate about. And I remember the moment it happened, and it was when he was on that 50 for the first time. Wow. And so you know, being a dad, we would do more and more. He starts to succeed locally, and then he do some traveling. And, uh, and in his teens, early teens. He starts to be a bit of a he gets real nervous. And maybe you I know you've seen this at the track. The kid and the dad fighting
1: or the kids <laughs> yeah. and the
0: parents fighting. <laughs> and of course they love each other, but there's a stress. And I said, I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna be like that. I'm consciously going to walk away being cognizant of my behaviors. I'm gonna go ask the promoter if he needs me to work a corner, if he needs me in the in the food stand, if he needs me, you know, running lineups. And so it became a tradition, if you will, where I would leave my son alone from the late 85s, you know, to the two fifties to the four fifties. He was on his own. He knew where to find me if there was a problem, but I was working and learning how to do a flat track event.
2: Wow. And, and he was okay with that.
0: Uh, you know, yeah, he was okay with that. And I so and a few times. You know, I remember we did that North Carolina race with uh, Johnny Lewis right when COVID opened up, if you will. It was a big event, mm-hmm. and I volunteered to do lineups, and uh, And he was mad. He said, you didn't get to see me race. And uh, so I, that was the first time I thought, oh, maybe he's actually disappointed that I'm not watching him race. Maybe I should go to the other extreme, and now he's, maybe he's matured a little bit. Now I can go back and be his, his father, his pit crew in the track, if you will. But I want to say now that, now that we're kind of past the sport, if you will, where he's in college now and we just do the races we want, he, maybe he doesn't have the language to admit, but that's the best gift I ever gave him is the ability to fix and learn and listen to his own motorcycle and use his own adjectives to get someone else to help him. Does that make sense?
2: absolutely it's it's hard you know it's it's hard for a parent to do that so my my hat's off to you for you know if you're butting heads if you're not having any fun and you're not making progress it it's 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 not worth it to keep doing that so my hat's off to you for for finding something else to do but still stay involved in the sport and still take loyal to the races I mean that that's a, that's a hard thing to do but I think it does make a lot of sense to now he's got to put it into words that somebody else can understand and, and try to try to make that bike better or make the make it handle better or gear it better or whatever, you know, whatever the case may be. So uh, that's a huge step for you. And I I think he he probably uh, appreciates that now looking back on the way it went.
0: Yeah, 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 for sure. For sure. I mean, when I I started to hear, you know, hey, what's wrong? I don't know. The bike's just not working. And then he goes into the van and gets puts his headphones on.
2: I I see that happen a lot. And I
0: we're not going to do that.
2: Good. Good. It's it's hard. It's it's very hard. I mean, when when you're when you make it to the big time, you have a mechanic and you can you can they can kind of figure out what it's doing. But when it's just, you know, as an amateur coming up through the ranks, you have to be able to communicate with most of the time. It's your dad or whoever's there helping out what's what's going on on the track. And and some people, some racers maybe don't have that feel or don't have a way to put that into words. So it's a it's a fine line. You got to walk right there.
0: Sure, sure. You know, I, I, I've i heard this, too, in the past. I remember talking somewhere and uh, asking, like, why is Jared Meese so successful? And I heard someone tell me because he can articulate so well. Mm-hmm. So that, that tells me that, you know, of course he has the talent, but I think a skill that's overlooked is his ability to communicate what he needs, what he's feeling and thinking and how to improve on that.
2: Absolutely. And then he's got Kenny Tolber in there to decipher what he just said and to try to make it better for really? that motorcycle or to make it better for Jared to feel better on the motorcycle. So, um, we, we kind of went from you racing cars to your son racing <laughs> motorcycles. So you never did race flat track yourself.
0: No, no. Up here in Wisconsin, we did a beginner class. We, so I went to the the district meeting and I was, a uh, you know, I pushed the beginner class, which is something new in districts. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if they do that in other districts. I don't even know if you go to your district event down there in Oklahoma or whatnot, but we've got a strong district up here in Wisconsin and we started beginner class. I raced a few times and they put me like, Hey, Jeremy, you got to move up. You know, you're, you're winning the beginner class. I had to go to the 40 plus. And uh-huh. I, I didn't, not only did I not really, I couldn't focus on it. I mean, of course I loved it. I, I love being out there. I love that pressure on the line. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I couldn't do it and a father. So I I couldn't get, you know, I couldn't concentrate on just me racing when I was in such a habit of worrying about my son and getting getting all that packed. So I, if if you're not giving it your all out there, you're going to
2: get hurt. Absolutely.
0: And, and I know I'm kind of I'm kind of a funny, laughy, lighthearted guy. So I need to change gears when you're on that track and I was I'm not good at that. I wasn't good at giving it my all and focusing on it. Maybe now again, now that my son's gone, I should give it a chance. Maybe, maybe tiptoe back into the beginner class. <laughs>
2: <laughs> see how if long no they let, no let you. Record. See how see see how long they'll let you run the beginner class before they kick you up to the next one.
0: <laughs> but but I'll say this: I also one thing that my son did really well. He he excelled in the language of, of, of super camp. Um, so he's probably taken supercamp or coached supercamp you know six times mm. and i've taken it i've taken it with him twice and to be a better coach you know to help him remember those those skills and um although i don't i haven't done it i can i feel as though I have a language to coach
2: is that maybe go along with your your college degree and your, your teaching job. I mean, is that, is that just yeah. in your DNA, right?
0: I suppose that's just in my DNA sure. Sure. It was the boil down the the sport. Cause it's a beautiful sport. The body position of flat track, you know, is, is equaling to, to, to shooting a bow and arrow or to, to hitting a baseball or to throwing a football. Those, those all have mechanics uh, that Supercamp taught you. And that we use in our household between my son and I, when, discussing you know how to race better and how to get quicker lap times
2: you know what you just gave me goosebumps because not everybody can articulate that and it it it, you know i i considered it an art form almost the way you ride the motorcycle on the particular different racetracks and and the way you just said that was was beautiful um i i i i love watching you at your races And, and i want to talk about that a little bit more in just a minute but so Basically, you started getting into the promoter business by leaving Loyal alone to race. And it sounds like you've done, you know, corner workers, you've, you've worked, you know, staging. Is there any part of the, the, the race day promotional side that you haven't done?
0: Uh, you know, one thing I, so what I whatever my reasons I try to have an eye in the sky, I call it, for someone that's the ultimate boss. So I don't know how other races are run, but the way I like to run, run mine is there's a God in the sky. Um, mm-hmm. I've had Bert Sumner in the past, and he's not to be talked to. He's to be listened to. Um, and one time, I Bert couldn't make it to one of my events, and I thought I could do it. So what that person <laughs> does is they count, they count the laps. Um, they know right away um, in lap traffic who's in second. And um, I, I couldn't do that. I couldn't. I don't know if I didn't have the attention span, but I tried to be the guy eye in the sky and just counting laps. I just couldn't focus on that. So that's one thing I'm not very good at. So I okay. give that
2: job out. All right, I, I get done, it. I mean,
0: I've, I've absolutely done it all.
2: I, I believe you for sure. I mean, I've have seen you do a little bit of everything. So uh, let's talk about Flat Out Friday. Is is that your brainchild? Was that your idea?
0: For sure. Absolutely. And I mean, maybe you've heard this story before, but I'm good friends with Scott uh, Johnson, who started the Mama Tried Show here in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. And, and even, even before that, I told you that I lived in this neighborhood that was a little bit rough. And the neighborhood has, has maintained its roughness, meaning you can do anything in this neighborhood. It's, that's why I think it's the perfect neighborhood. I could live in a safer neighborhood, but I couldn't have a flat track race in my yard like I have done. I couldn't have band practice, you know. I couldn't play music loud like I do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But my point about that is on the street, just around the corner from my house with Center Street, Scott had a great successful uh, motorcycle fest there, called Rocker Box, and it was wild. Uh, it was a very loose fest, but you rode your motorcycle in, and there was burnouts, and you could sell beer off of your porch, and uh, it was it was it was you know wild is the best adjective. Yeah, and he. He was like, hey, I want to do this thing where it's a little more curated, where I can control it better because I'm tired of all, you know, the problems of running an open event like that in the, in the streets. Um, fireworks and fights and all, all those things you cannot control, those residuals you cannot control. I want to do a MAMA event. And he explained it to me, and I was like, that's dumb. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's silly. And he said, uh, well, can you help me do the collect money? I've promoted other events, and I've been around. I've been a very unsuccessful music promoter. And and showtimes are genuinely pretty loose. So when he's like, "I need you there at 8, and I was like, "Yeah, yeah, whatever." I roll in at nine, and the and the line is around the door, and I'm supposed to collect tickets. And uh, uh-oh. I, you know, work, working for him and collecting the tickets and seeing the the young energy, uh, the young like, like sexy people were into Harleys it it wasn't old uh retirees you know and no disrespect to that they're 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 welcome in the community but I was seeing young people and I was like "Whoa, I want to get involved and after the dust had settled from that weekend I asked what if I did an indoor event during your weekend would you support it and uh he said yes for sure and the the event was a hit I mean it could have stunk but we had a just a tremendous ticket sales. The arena was pulling off the covered seats. They were buying beer from the corner store to sell it to to the patrons. (laughs) It was, it it, it worked. And so like, Hey, would you want to be partners and all right, let's, let's do it. So that's how we started.
2: And, and what year was that first one that that you put on the first race as part of the mama tried flat out?
0: Uh, I remember planning in 2015 and the race was the winter of 2016.
2: Okay, and I think one of the challenges, or a challenge from the outside looking in, maybe it's not a challenge. Is if I'm not mistaken, the race has been in three different buildings. Is has it not?
0: Sure, for sure, it it has. It has, and I even did some for the X Games out west as well. Uh, And it is, it's always a square peg in a round hole. Uh, you know, <laughs> you and I, we 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 share a language of flat track. We know mm-hmm. what practice means. We you know what like qualifying means. You we know You know, Susie at Arena X has no idea. Only knows rock and roll. Um, you know, so the language is is way different, and and insurance is different, and and exhaust uh, and poison measurements. All of these things are, are hurdles to go through in an arena. But I'll tell you, Bill, just a little, I don't know if this isn't a secret or anything, but anybody thinking about doing an arena show, uh, i got to tell you, we don't get any concessions. That's that's a non-negotiable. So when you, when people complain to me about beer prices, I say, I know, I hear you. But, the, mm-hmm. but what we do have is we've got such strong beer sales, I think it's enough to wake up, you know, wake up the next arena. They, wow. They, they talk. <laughs> Yeah, they talk and they check. What's this Jeremy guy all about? They call, you know, the arena of the past, and well, it's kind of wild. You know, the crowd's a little rough. There's a lot of undiagnosed people there. <laughs> we <laughs> sure sell a lot of beer. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> so they don't mind you coming in if they're gonna they're gonna make a, a killing off the concession stands. They're okay with that.
0: Sure, sure. Yeah. I mean, again, if you have ten thousand people and a ten dollar beer, if it has one beer, you know, it's a hundred grand of beer sales for them.
2: Exactly. So, for somebody that's never been to Flat Out Friday, um, I would consider it a unique event. There's a lot going on, but you know what? It's all a lot of fun, and I, I can't I can't describe it any other way. I mean, it's it's like a, a fist fight in a phone booth sometimes, but sometimes everybody's just goofing around and having a good time. It's a polished concrete, put Coke syrup down, and there's several classes, and so there's a little bit of something for everyone.
0: For sure, for sure, and I don't mind talking in my secrets, if you will, because I, there's a Mexican restaurant, uh, you know, on the corner by my house, and they have beans and cheese on a paper plate, and it's delicious. And I go home and I try to make it, and it's not the same. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, <laughs> I have a recipe, and it's magic, and I stick to, and I don't quite know what it is. It's just the art that I'm curating. But but what is it like? Well, first off, I think again, Flat Track is beautiful, and and when I was a father, and we would race, and I'd say to my neighbor, "Hey, come check us out, race. We're racing, we're racing at a real close track. It's in Beaver Dam. It's just an hour and a half away." Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, right there, they're like, "Nah, I'm not gonna eh. not gonna make it." <laughs> and then if you can get them to go, they have to sit through a 14 hour show, and, and and it's you know and there's the water truck and the sun, and I, I just don't think it's always fan friendly. Correct. And coming coming from a, a stock car racing background, the word show is used. They don't say tonight in the race. They say, okay, tonight in the show, we're going to switch the modifieds with the super stocks. They know just at the core, it's a show for the fans. Flat track, because it's more of a back show kind of a sport, they're not used to. The language isn't developed for those front of show uh, you know, events. Mm-hmm. So... Of course, I respect the riders. I never want to lose the respect of the riders. But I'm an advocate for the fan and the ticket buyer. What can I do to make them have a good time at our event? And, and I got to say, I don't know the math. <clears throat> I don't know the exact math. But they say, you know, 11 seconds of dead time is enough for someone to change the channel or change their mind. Like, right, if there's right. 11 seconds of dead time, boom, they're on Facebook checking out their own information. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in their own world playing Dragon World or whatever they do. It's got to be, you know, it's got to be constant something, something happening.
2: Yep. And and that's, and that's a tough part of the sport when it's outside because you have the elements, like you mentioned, the sun, you have water trucks, you have, uh, you know, stuff that sometimes out of control when you're inside, like you are, you've got an advantage there that the track's not going to change that much from the time you start until the time it's over, um, and, and the racers should be close enough that you can get them on the track pretty quickly. So you've got a lot of advantages doing it inside. Um, Let me just say real quick, and I'm not saying that mine's better. I'm just saying it's different. I, I mean, I'll sit through correct. the
0: Springfield Mile because, because the payoff of the action is so worth it.
2: Absolutely. If i got to wait
0: 20 minutes for that water truck, I, I'll wait because I'm on the edge
2: <laughs> of my seat just excited for what's coming out. Right on, right on. No, I, I, I agree with you. you know, your, your show may not be better, or it, it is better. It just it depends on how you look at it and, and, and what you're into. I mean, I'm not saying that either. Um, one thing I like about your event is the boonie class. Tell me how that class originated.
0: Well, boonies have already been popular here. Uh, for whatever reason, there was a community going and doing events here. So that language was already used. You know, even, yeah. I mean, not a short, too long, long time ago, I said myself, what is a boonie? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so when I invited them in, I guess I cracked the door, you know, but they kicked the door in and they're bringing all their friends. <laughs> they don't, uh, you know, they didn't tiptoe, they didn't tiptoe into the event at all. But I, I mean, you know, without getting too philosophical, which a lot of times I tend to do, I really want my event to be an in, an, in, uh, an inclusive event so that that if you have a love of two wheels, you're, you're welcome to join us. There's no doubt that boonie bikes are fun. And just as soon as those boonie bike guys start to invest some money and go faster, they naturally come to the conclusion of, hey, I should move up to the 250 class or I should think about doing a hooligan. That's generally the, the, the stepping stone to get them in. I mean, I mentioned to you earlier, before we started the district beginner class here, if you weren't doing this sport at six, seven, eight years old, there's really not an, a way to step into it. And I think boonie right. bikes is a great way to open the door for
2: people. So for somebody that's not been to your event or seen it on, you know, social media anywhere, explain what a boonie bike or the boonie bike class is.
0: Sure. Sure. So here's one way where I'm, I'm going to assert myself as a promoter. I, I mean, I respect the riders and I listen to them. I, I really, am a good listener. Those, those beers around the campfire, I'm listening, and I'm, I'm always trying to take a temperature of the community. So, why I say that is because if I let booney Bikes design their own class, there would be four different boonie classes with engine restrictions, shock restrictions, uh, tire size restrictions, and they would, would they would dork out on the rules.
2: Mm-hmm. And I
0: think that 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 kills it. I I don't want to be I don't want that because I don't want to make rules I can't enforce. So that's a general theme. I don't make rules I can't enforce. Here's my rule for Boonie Bikes. Pole start at the pole start only. Okay. And if you want to cheat that, if you want to cheat your pole start, and you want to pull start, start a pole start sort of twin which I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> I try to create a community that that frowns upon you investing too much race effort into your Boonie bike. So pole start it's the only rule.
2: Okay. I I know I know it seems like it, it, you know i maybe i'm getting a little confused but wasn't there people out there like dressed like prince and then and, 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 and on pink motorcycles and on on snowmobiles yes, and stuff yes, yes. like so that now, is so is that the boonie class, class?
0: Um, well boonie bike now is pull start and then we okay. have a goofball class
2: oh okay all right so I like goofball I, I like class,
0: it. i'm continually trying to push people to to make a little more art in, 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 onto their uh, racing persona.
2: Okay.
0: And the ridiculous, reward the ridiculousness. I, at this next event on December 3rd, I want you to, I want each bike that comes out of the tunnel to get to be funnier and more ridiculous than the next. <laughs>
2: oh it's 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 awesome i i love that I, you know i guess i i thought the booty class was that same class but they kind of get a little crazy in the booty class too but uh i i liked all the different classes and and another thing i liked about going to your event is um in the writers meeting you know you make sure that every one of them are there you have a book that you read from and you get very detailed and and you go into a lot of things that a lot of other promoters won't even touch or don't even want to bring up to the writers because they think it's not to their benefit. But I like that you explained everything. And just like you told us a few moments ago, it is a show, and they're there to have fun. And I, I like everything you do up there, Jeremy.
0: Well, I, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. But now, I, I, that's what, I'm, what I'm doing in the world of teaching is front-loading. So if we take a little time at the beginning, it'll help me in the end. And I also believe that if everybody knows the philosophy, where are we going? Um, we can, you know, and it's not for everybody. So let's not pretend this is a really, by the way, it is prestigious. Uh, I'll say that. That's a little bit of a brag. If you win the vintage class, or you win the 250 class or whatever. It is mm-hmm. prestigious because it's very hard. You are fighting, you are clawing your way through 48 competitors in many of the classes. But my my point is, you know, I, I, I want to, I want you to want to be here. And so that's why I front loaded. it. This is what we're about. I want to make it exciting for you as the racer and of course safe, but we are a little bit different. And if you don't want to be here, there's no problem. If you want your money back, if you want to exit.
2: Perfect. Perfect. I, I know in the past you've, you've put up some larger purses for the pros. There has been lap uh, leader money, but I also know yep, yep. Uh, sometimes, sometimes you say that it's not all about the pros. So, um, are you expecting a big turnout of the pro riders, or is it more focused on the other classes?
0: Well, maybe you you can correct me on this, uh, and, and I'm, I'm being objective in my statements. I, my feelings about how all of this is irrelevant, so I'm just being objective. The word pro is is copyrighted essentially by, by AFT. There is no—a a pro is not a pro unless they hold an AFT card. Okay. So this has been a little bit of a gray area for a long time. I can't use AFT's licensing to license people in my event, right? They they take offense to that, and I and I respect that. So this was this has been a a back and forth dialogue between the AFT and the AMA and the competitors in the middle, and I think a compromise has been reached, and that's double A. So if you are a double A rider, in Mm -hmm. quotes, you're a pro, but you don't need a licensing. But I can I can legally pay a double A rider. And a double A rider cannot ride in any other class.
2: I love that. I I I like how you broke that down for us because it it has been a, a bit of a controversy. You know, I mean, some people are pros that make a living doing it. Some people are pros that are just. You know, part-time racers, and then you've got people that are amateurs trying to move up to pros. So I like that you have the double A, a class. So are you expecting a lot of the heavy hitters to be there this year? Have you, are there any confirmed that are going to be there, or are you just wait and see? Uh,
0: there are there are some heavy hitters. I'll, I'll drop a few names here uh, in in a, in a second, but uh, so I did. I did have a huge purse. I did have a huge purse at the beginning. I think the first event I did, Jared Meese walked away with eight grand uh, mm-hmm. to win it, uh, but. It gets more and more expensive, and especially in this next event, I'm not saying a woe is me, but I took a huge loss with our cancellation. Um, There was no insurance. There was no COVID insurance at that time. So when we got canceled, I mean, I took a huge financial hit. I can't put out big purses now. But also, philosophically, you know, Corey Texter and and, and Jared Meese and, and Henry Wiles, they have raced at our events. They have a real high standard. Uh, of things and they're not interested in my little philosophical speech on having a good time (laughs) (laughs) and uh, and I I respect that. I mean, I'm not trying to to convert them by any stretch. Um, So I I think that a lot of those guys are just, you know, I'm not a real event, so to speak. And, and so I, I, I guess I save money that way. I don't have to, you know, put up these big purses to attract them and, and no disrespect to them at all. You know, ultimately, like an eight thousand dollar investment, I could get, I could, I could uh, get Google Ads, I could get billboards, I could do other things to sell more tickets than I could to say that an AFT Pro was showing up.
2: understood you know, you know what I mean? so yes, absolutely. So I, I
0: have, I have a lesser class. I really, am a little bit embarrassed of the class. I got three thousand in the AA class, plus a hundred to win in honor of Charlotte Canes. So plus a hundred, a thirty-five laps okay so again everything is kind of a spectrum i want it to be funny but i want some levity and the levity is that we do have a hundred dollars to be 35 lap charlotte Kanes pro in quotes mm-hmm. race uh it's some heavy hitters you know i don't have the data here but i know that danny Eswick just signed up and uh carver's been in it he's been a huge uh fan since the beginning those are my two and of course ezra bruski uh, my you know he's kind of my boy right I always tell them I'm going to put them on my taxes, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and and then you know and then a lot of you know up and comers. And to be told, I got a couple people that don't belong in there. That I tried to explain to them like this is not for you. I don't think you're ready. And they're like, oh no, no, no I'm ready. I'm like all right,
2: yeah, um, yeah. So look out. Yep. So typically, uh, Jeremy, the, the the event's been in early January. Sometimes I think it's even been in February. But this year it's December the third. So why the move? Is just the availability yep. of the buildings, or or why why December? For
0: sure, for sure. Let me say, I mean, renting in an arena is is the major uh, square peg in a round hole. I know a lot of f- side tracks are done at fairgrounds um, or clubs, things that are thirsty for dates, things that you can just pick and choose, and it's whatever. I mean, at the time when I first got the Pfizer, it was the number one arena in the United States. It was the brand newest arena in the United States. And uh, I was fighting not only the Milwaukee Bucks, which own the arena, by the way, so the Bucks get first billing, but I'm fighting all the A-level acts of, of Metallica or Miley Cyrus or, I mean, I'm on that circuit. My language is in there. And, and just real quick, I don't want to get into the too too deep, but if Miley Cyrus is going on tour, for example, they book a week's worth of, they'll, they'll black out a week's worth of shows in Milwaukee They then block mm-hmm. out another week in Chicago, block out a weekend. And then they start to, st- you know, I'm seventh on the list of like nine different Fridays, you know? Okay. Until finally Miley Cyrus picks a date, boom, right now I'm out six. And so you move up this hierarchy, um, to get a date. And so when you get a date and I'm, I'm a low, I'm low, low, like, there's really, I, don't, I don't think there's anybody after me in that line. Maybe, maybe <laughs> the right. Duke brothers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, well, so I got to take it. And so we took March 13th last year, which, which, was, which is a little bit of a, a wave, a little bit of a, you like, oh, that was the day of the AFT event. And, but I, mm-hmm. I had to take it. It was either I do it or I don't. And right. the arenas gave me the date. If I would have denied it, I was afraid they wouldn't have answered my call next time. When the date canceled... And then for a long time, people want their ticket money back. Racers want their money back. It was really windy there for a while. I I had no answers. There's no one answering the phone at the arena. But contractually, I can give refunds if I grab a date. If I call a cancellation, then I owe a full refund and I owe rent. And and you understand, it's like a weird legal middle ground. Absolutely. I never canceled. I only postponed. I had to take a new date. You know, whatever date, whenever I took this date, fifteen months ago or thirteen months ago, it was a different world. And I, I took it. So now that I took December third, I can give refunds.
2: There you go.
0: So that's oh. and that's where we're at. And I, I can't move it. I got you know, it is what it is. It's, it's a lot of money to get the of Yeah, you
2: know, it's it, the promoters are 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 such you know risk takers. I think and and. I don't know that I, I could do it. I mean, there's a lot of stress that a lot of people don't understand that go along with promoting a race like, uh, out, outdoor promoters have a chance of rainouts and, and other things you had, a, you know, a, a good thing going. Then COVID came around and, and screwed up a lot of people's plans. And, and, but you're still out there sticking your neck out, putting on events for, not only these writers, but for these fans to have something to do. So I, I, I like what you're doing, Jeremy. Uh, big picture, are you thinking about expanding? Would you go do this at another city? Would you do it more than once a year? Have you even thought about that?
0: Well, you know, so this is a new world, and I, I, I don't want to even get to the politics of it, but it's a different world, and I've learned a lot. And, and So let me pause that for a second, and let me go back and say, I did do an event in Cleveland for the Fuel Film. Mm-hmm. I did an event in uh, in La Crosse, Wisconsin. Here, I, the home of SNS. Uh, we we tried to do it to track next to them, and it, without the Mama Tried show, it just doesn't have the 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 I don't know the BDS slam when it comes into town. You know, it, gotcha. you, you can walk around Milwaukee and yell out Flat Out Friday, and I think someone would know what you're talking about. That's if I cool. were to go to Louisville, Louisville, they'd be like, "What?" You know, it's a whole different community and culture. So I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying to do maybe more social media events, more events that are pop-up, more events that aren't so much of me to invest financially initially. So we have a very busy 2022. Uh, I'll be excited to share it to you once it's all confirmed.
2: Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. Let us know. Keep us in the loop for sure. Uh, Unfortunately, I'm not going to make it up there this year. I'm going to be down in uh, Texas doing an ice race, but I'm trying to get my buddy uh, that I do the podcast with Carter to go up there and check it out. So um, uh, hopefully he'll make it up there. Uh, I I love your event. I I wish I could be there. Um, we're near the end of the episode and it's time for Graham's question. I don't know if you're a fan of the podcast or not, but Graham is my grandma and she loves racing more than anybody that I've ever met. But her question to you is, did you ever think that flat out Friday would grow this big, this fast when you first started it?
0: Uh, well, that's a great question. Uh, there was no thought of growth when I did it. It was just when your nose is to the, to the, to promoting the event, you're only seeing t-shirts workers just to make that first event happen. Uh, and then it happens, and I guess I didn't realize it was a big event, because um, I'm, I'm a very humble guy. And so even saying that, and even hearing Grandma say that she thinks my event is big, makes me a little choked up.
2: <laughs> she loves it. She <laughs> loves it.
0: I, I didn't realize it was a big event until the the guy that I rented the first arena from you know, hugged me and said I had never seen uh, an event so well uh, promoted. I don't know really exactly what he said. Like what he what he meant to say, well, he didn't say this, but I think what he meant to say is we really didn't think this was gonna be anything <laughs> and you really shocked us with how big this really was. And it was a backdoor compliment, but that was the first time I realized like, whoa, this I really did a, a, a good thing here.
2: Yeah. I I mean and, y- y- Go ahead.
0: Yeah. Go well I, I so did I ever think it would be like this? I I guess I've lost, I'm a little bit disconnected, two years out since our last event, almost three years since our last event here in Milwaukee. Mm -hmm. I'm glad to to say that Grandma still thinks it's, it's big and that we're culturally relevant. So I did not think any of this would happen, Grandma, and thanks for the support.
2: Oh, Grant, Graham loves what you do. Uh, I, I know she wants to get up there, but she's a she's a snowbird now. She goes to Phoenix when it gets cold outside. So I don't know that she'll ever make it up there for your event. But uh, no, she loves what you do, and and you pour your heart and soul into this event, and it shows and the effort is worth it every year. I just, I love the, the, the flat out Friday races. I I wish, I wish there's more of them, you know, but I I get it that it's, it's a big thing and, and it's a big thing to be there every year. Um, How, how do you find an inspiration uh, for the next thing? You know, the next thing you're going to conquer, where does that inspiration come from?
0: Uh, I got to say that again, I don't want to keep harping on grandma's comments, but it's comments like that, that just those boosts, because being a promoter, I mean, you can get beat up on social media. It, it, it's rough out there. I, I mean, I I follow other promoters and I feel their pain when when I, when there's a long thread about a bumpy track, you know. And the promoter's like, "Man, you, you don't you know you don't know I put two hundred hours in this show, and you're focusing on the on the on the hot dogs that were raw." <laughs> but but it's one it's those one positive comments like that where you're like, "Oh man, you know the clouds have cleared and the sunshine is out." I'm, I'm, I'm resonating with people. I'm, I'm going to keep going. I want to keep trying to do crazier things.
2: I love it. I love it. Uh, we, we usually wrap this up with, with some, uh, some rapid fire questions. I was trying to look and see if there's anything that are relevant to you. I don't even know how many motorcycle you motorcycles you've ridden, but uh, do you have a, a favorite bike that you've ever ridden?
0: Uh, well, I really, I really like my sportster Chopper, uh, just because it's uh it's like a BMX bike. It's low to the ground. Uh, I can, I'm flat footed on it and I can, it's a little bit of a showstopper. It's, it's, it's a perfect motorcycle for me. It's not something that I care about if the lawnmower bumps it. <laughs> so it's like a little bit of like a stunt bike, but I just don't know how to stunt.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way to put that. That's funny. I mean, you um, can hammer on it.
0: You can hammer on those horses all day.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they and they take it. They take a beating. That's for sure. Um, what yeah, yeah. what would be your your favorite costume in not the boonie class but the other class that we were just talking about? The what? Goofball. Yeah, the goofball class. What what would be your favorite costume or the favorite bike you've seen so far?
0: Well, I'll, I'll say I, 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 the first year Prince killed it. I thought Prince uh, coming out dressed like Prince on on the bike that Prince rode in Purple Rain, and then he won it and he uh-huh. showed that he actually was a real flat tracker. Yeah, I think. uh, uh, Oh man, who's the guy in the snowmobile?
2: Oh, uh,
0: he was an internet sensation there for a while. Yeah,
2: Yeah, he had the mullet and the big glasses on. He's from Canada. I can't believe I can't remember his name right now.
0: Super, super great dude. He he drove there from Canada with a snowmobile on the back of a pickup truck. Yeah, he was a great dude. But I'll tell you the favorites. I mean, I'm I'm biting my tongue to tell you that this year's goofball class is is a is a knee slapper. It's a it's okay. a real it's a real knee slapper.
2: Well, then people got to go to check it out, right? It, it, and the the guy yes, in the yes. snowbill, the guy in the snowbill is Larry Enticer, right? Is that who we're talking That's about? It of course. There you of go. Course.
0: I'm so sorry to the fans out there that are.
2: I'm uh, cursing my name. I know it. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's all right. You deal with a lot of different things going on. So uh, we talked to slow last week and he wants to know if you're racing this year's event. And if so, do you need a mechanic?
0: <laughs> if I ever raced, slow, would honestly be my mechanic. And if slow, let me compromise a little bit. Why don't you watch, watch out for my son and uh, <laughs> let me do what I do. And have, uh, if he could watch out for my son, he knows the routine. He and my son have a great relationship, actually. a Great on track relationship.
2: That's awesome. That is awesome. Slow was a lot of fun last week. Um, next question in Rapid Fire is, who's your favorite flat tracker of all time? I know it didn't sound like you were deep in the sport because you raced some cars for a while, but uh, do you have a favorite flat tracker of all time?
0: Hmm. Well, I mean, i, I got to say I've, I've developed a relationships with people. So I, I've never been like one to ask for autographs. But like, just real quick, I know these are a little bit fire, but um, you know, I, I grew up and I had jobs around rock and roll, and I would thought that the best thing I could give Cheryl Crow, for example, was an opportunity to not ask her for her autograph, an opportunity to say like, hey, I'm not talking to you about anything. Just I'm going to be silent with you out of respect for who you are as a person. My point is, I've never really thought anybody to be above human. I think they've they respect when I give all these guys a handshake as a human, as not as a racer. But so that being said. I developed some great relationships with James Monaco and Jeffrey Carver um, about just listening to their their verbs, their adjectives about what it's like out there on the track. Uh, and that I don't know if the old timers have the that that language that I love to listen to that Jeffrey Carver and uh, James Monaco have. So they're, they're my favorite. I always have a soft spot for those guys.
2: I love it. I love it. Um I just found out that the Dairyland Classic is, I believe, June 4th next year. So, what are we doing when we come up there next year for the Dairyland Classic? We're going to have some fun?
0: Oh, I would would love to show you Milwaukee. I would would love to show you Milwaukee. I I keep telling people to keep it, you know, it's been hashtag the terrible city, uh, And I want to keep it that way. Don't move here, uh, Dubler, but let me show you how awesome (laughs) it's going to be.
2: You can come visit, but you go ahead and go back home. Yeah, don't make it
0: any more expensive than it already is.
2: <laughs> That's hilarious. I love it. Um, I don't know. Do you do you keep up with a lot of the AFT, or just watch it? You know, a little bit.
0: Uh, well, I watch it. You know, and I follow. I watch it, and I follow the, like the 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 culture. Like every event of AFT. Now, this again, I think this is an objective statement. Every event has the event itself but there's always a little bit of kind of ai don't want to say drama because that disrespects it but there's always another narrative that that goes along with it um and i follow those as well i like to stay away from the rumors and the gossip and the he said she said fighting which is in every sport but there's Mm -hmm. who's mechanicking who who's moving to what team uh why someone blew up i think those little nuances are what makes the sport
2: equally if not more interesting than just the results the, the backstories you know and and, and that's what's yeah. yeah that's what's fun you know I, and that's why carter and i started this podcast to get to know these writers so we have some backstory and so people can relate to our writers so that's why we started this um i, I got, I'll, I'll ask you another milwaukee question i guess or, or maybe this one's just a, a vague question but the best root beer in the world is do you know what it is <laughs> i think it's
0: i i don't know this is this is a chain but when they used to make the A&W, uh, we used to buy it by the gallon and they would fresh tap it. They still to they mm-hmm. do that in Oklahoma?
2: I, I, you know what? I, I haven't I seen an A&W in a long, long time. But you're you're right right there. But you know what? The best root beer is, is made in Milwaukee. It's Sprecker. I don't know if you've ever had that. Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, of course I've had it. Of course I've had it. But i got to go back to my childhood on, on that. No disrespect to Sprecher. And they're huge into the community here in Milwaukee and great supporters of the community. But, yeah, the, the, that, it's somewhat flat uh a&w root beer it, next time you're traveling next time you're driving you stop at a at a at an a&w you, you test that theory i'll, I'll mail you a, a four pack of that root beer that Sprecker, and you keep it in your car okay you we'll a, have a test we'll test it, test it's it. Real, real real test. i love it i love <laughs> and, it and if you think Sprecker stands up then that's what it is and we're going to tell the company that scotty dubler approves it'll be their <laughs> national marketing campaign
2: there you go, there you go. I love it. Uh, the last question we got for you is one we borrowed from Dave to Spain because I think it's it's priceless. But uh, you've done a lot of things in your life, and yeah, uh, you, you're very successful. Uh, what are you most proud of?
0: Huh? Uh, uh, well, again, I'm stuck on the word successful. I'm successful. If you looked at my life or the back of my van, it looks like a, a dryer. You know, <laughs> is that success? <laughs> 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 but I think I think the most successful uh, is just I I I really put a lot of effort in maintaining a good relationship. So if you have a business dealing with me, I'll, I'll take a loss to maintain a, rela- uh, a a reputation. You know, so whether it's again I I I, I promote a twenty-four hour bicycle race. This will be its fourteenth year, or its fifteenth year coming up. I have a hockey league, and I've been doing that for twelve years. And through all of those people of dealing with like sports guys. I still maintain a good relationship, a solid reputation uh, with with most everybody.
2: Yeah, that that's awesome. You're a stand up guy, and, and and what you see is what you're going to get. You're not going to shy away from anything, and I, I love what you're doing, Jeremy. Thank you so much for taking the time to come up here and talk to us here on Off the Groove. And before we let you go, would you like to say thanks to anybody?
0: Well, uh, uh, thank you. Uh, really, I appreciate everything that you do. You, you're you're so, you're so fair, you know, in, in pulling. Pulling people up with you to some degree, you've made it and are successful, and you are constantly reaching out to the to the to the amateurs that are that are showing up to people like me and uh, really thank thanking you and and, and, and it sounds corny, but I really mean it and but I also if I have this opportunity, I want to thank the people that stayed with me, with the riders that stayed with me, with the people that held on to their tickets. It got really windy there and uh and I had no answers for a long time, but the, the the clouds have parted, and I really appreciate and thank those that stayed with me.
2: Awesome. Hey, thank you for what you said. That that means a lot. You know, I do it. You know, I'm not making a, a killing doing this. I do it because I love the sport, and I love you know everybody in the sport, and that's why I do this. And and the, the podcast is just a, a passion project for for Carter and myself, and and we do it both of us because we love flat track. So uh, I wish you much success there on December the third, and in the future. And again, thank you for your time and. And talking about flat out Friday here and off the groove. Thank you so much. I'll see you soon.
1: A school teacher. A school teacher, dude. And, he, and what? He runs a hockey league too. What the hell? Like, he, any he, and, and a marathon? And, I mean, and next week he's building a rocket ship. What? what the? <laughs> and, and he's got a master's in philosophy. What the I hell mean, is this? And he? Wow. And he teaches exactly. Chinese to. No,
2: he doesn't. That's teach. my daughter. Oh. That's my other daughter. She teaches American to the Koreans. That's pretty badass. My, my, my other daughter. Yeah. Konnichiwa. So, uh,
1: Wait, that's another language.
2: That's something else. So oh, yeah, no. Uh, Jeremy Prack is awesome, dude. Uh, just, awesome, dude. If you go, if you go to his event, uh, it's different than any other event you go to, and he he's not ashamed to say that. And, and what works for him might not work for another promoter. Yeah. We're not saying that either. But yeah. it's just it's a cool event. It's fun he doesn't necessarily cater to the pro riders he doesn't necessarily cater to the boonie bikes but they're all equal and they're all part of the show and like what he said it is a show people go to a show to have entertainment a lot of time people go to a race and then a show breaks out but <laughs> not always the other way around so i know i like what he's doing i really do and he and he's a he's a great guy and uh, he's got a heck of an idea and you know he's had to He's had a couple of bad years, and he's trying to get back on the on the right page. I asked him at the end why he took December because it's usually in January, or February, right? Sometimes March, March even. But he said, he said when there's an open date, you got to take it, you know, because like professional basketball. Yeah. owns the arena oh yeah it's been in three different arenas up there so you kind of just have to make it fit and then make the motorcycle show fit together too
1: so well in the bucks bucks been doing pretty good in the postseason so that right. time of the so year is pretty play yeah yeah so they pretty might make valuable. The
2: playoffs valuable so, so you can't have you'll know, guarantee the floor for that uh, event either so
1: you gotta you gotta give them credit for sticking it out and ride it out and, and continue to grind and, and do what it's not easy being a promoter and uh from what i understand he does a hell of a job man I, I was 50 50 on the fence with going out this time of year. I always want to go up there. I, I was looking at flights the other day; they're actually pretty affordable. So, but mm-hmm. this interview sold me one hundred percent, dude. I'm going. I'm going to go check it out. My first flat-out Friday. I'm looking forward to it. I don't even know what to it's, expect, but it's going to be a good time. So, and
2: so, when we when we stopped recording, yeah, Jeremy actually asked you. I can't go because I'm going to be down in Texas doing a, a ice race. But he asked you to go and maybe kind of help cover it for left out yeah and maybe some other things are going to happen that we can't really talk about just yet because nothing's firmed up but maybe some more surprises are going to happen flat out friday which is december the 3rd which is a uh friday
1: yeah right around the corner um so yeah yep. it's, a, it's a good time i'm going up and helping and we talked about it a little bit maybe have him on in a little bit to talk about his event too johnny lewis's event uh thanksgiving yeah. weekend and this will be the weekend yep. after so um i'm, I'm definitely Crazy. getting my fill in the off season Just like you, dude. Crazy, absolutely. Good for you. Are you uh, getting out to another event this weekend? Well, uh, last second, I might go up to. There's a
2: a road race course called Hallet up there, kind of by Tulsa, and I might go up there and work the Gold Rush. But it will be a uh, last ditch uh, event. He's going to call me. They haven't announced already, but. They might need me to come up there and help out, so I'm I'm kind of hanging loose. First week home, I think I've been gone the last four or five weeks in a row. So
1: one thing I've learned about those one thing I've learned about those oh, it's the last weekend, right? Finale weekend, this weekend, yeah. Yep, yep, um, yep. one thing I've learned about those last second like throwing together weekends where you don't know if you're going until the last second, those end up being some of the most fun weekends, dude. Um, some of the best racing yep. too. The random ones that you don't expect anybody to be at or anything right, crazy going right. on. So, um hope it happens dude I know you always have a good time at the racetrack and uh but i also wouldn't mind if you take a break because you go pretty hard right
2: i'd be all right with that yeah it's been i think like i said five or six weeks in a row i lost track i hadn't looked at my calendar for a little while so uh home this weekend home next weekend and then i think i got albany new york coming up uh november 20th yeah and then after that is thanksgiving
1: yeah, it's kind of winding down. People do that towards the end of the year. Um, yep. I'm going to be yep. kind of busy, like we've talked about earlier, the, the next month. So we put a few in a can. Um, but we'll still probably do these lives for our intros and outros, whether it's uh, – it may be here, maybe on Instagram Live if I'm not at my home base, so we can't do it like we yep. normally do. But we'll find mm-hmm. an audience and a place for it. Um, we'll keep you guys posted on where that's going to be. But stay tuned. A lot of good stuff that's coming hello. down the pipe. Uh, a lot of Wisconsin in the next month. Hope you like cheese. Um, I do I, I do Oh, dude, I love cheese I love cheese I do too, um, I do too. You need to figure out okay. a way To to Teleport From Texas To Wisconsin So you can be there I'm
2: Just not saying. I'm not 100% out yet But I looked at driving The difference between Milwaukee to Texas It was like 18 Hours and 20 minutes Or something dude, like that Dude I will start a GoFundMe but I, Tonight But To get you a flight I haven't looked at flights yet So I'll take a
1: look at that I would like to dude, do Check those points even, bro Check those points even, i know but no so no others- no i know buts just uh, i knows, just uh, i knows and i will do's no i know buts okay. all, right. all right thanks to all of our patrons yes i don't think
2: we have any new patrons this week uh we did send out a bunch of number plates and stickers and, and stuff a little while back if you haven't received yours shoot us your your address we still need a few more addresses yeah uh we'll be reaching out I need to get those all shipped out i think we even have one going to england which is awesome
1: going across the pond alex may coming to you son there you go
2: anyways thanks to all our patrons thanks to all of our listeners here on our podcast we do it because we love our sport that's all i got carter that's
1: all i got too um we're rolling out with this music this this boom, week what do you boom. think boom boom. no i like it you don't like it i like it i do hey
2: yo, hey boom boom
1: hey boom, boom.
2: thanks
1: patrons we'll see you later bro thanks
2: patrons You you know when, when when I travel a lot, you make me take all this crap with me. I'm I'm just saying. I'm I'm just saying. Let's get one thing straight. I don't make you do shit. <laughs> You're Scotty Dibble. You do what you want.